The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. At Neighborhood Church, we seek to be a community that loves God and our neighbors together. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. Well, Merry Christmas once again. My name's uh, Pastor Dave. The, uh, I get to be a part of the leadership here at our church, and and um, and what a blessing it is to be a part of a community. And as we celebrate these different seasons as a community, there's there's nothing like uh, um, doing this together. And versus versus so many in our world probably that feel loneliness this time of year. I hope nobody in this room uh, feels that because. I just see the the uh, excitement, the smiles, the warmth on on the faces of one another, and, and I hope this continues to multiply throughout our community. Uh, I just I begin to think through. Even when I was talking to my kids, I have four children. Uh, uh, of what time are they allowed to wake up tomorrow morning? I don't know if you guys still have those <laughs> conversations. Um, and and you know they are always followed with like well, what time are you going to bed tonight like that's you know it's, it's both are hard right it's hard to know like when uh, how soon do you get started in the morning and and how soon do you kick your kids off to bed because you have plenty to do on the you know Christmas Eve night as a parent but um, my hope is that you guys get some sleep and and I'm excited about um, uh, opening some presents but I'm as as many of you guys are who have people in your home or you go visit people with presents uh, the excitement of other people's faces you know as they open presents and you know one thing when you open a presents you don't get to see your face you don't get to have that that multiplied component but when you get to give a gift you get to see the face and especially a thoughtful gift. Um, uh, so hope, hopefully my kids in the room, you get to have a few of those uh, for you. <laughs> oh, I hope they feel thoughtful. Um, my desire is that as we um, have these different seasons, you know, of, of Christmas or Easter or, you know, our celebrations we have as a church, um, I, just, I understand that we do things differently in our homes and there's not an expectation or requirement as a, a church family, as our church grows larger and larger, that uh, some uh, celebrate in a very simple way and it's very, very purposeful why that is, right? And I, I love that. I love the purpose behind that. Some are very, um, just lavished gifts and maybe the, the presents slowly grow throughout the, throughout the month. There's an excitement there of just as, as the candles and the light grow, uh, the idea of generosity and gift giving grows and, and that's beautiful as well. And, and sometimes that's just determined how the year went. You know, honestly, it's like sometimes it's a hard year and there's fewer presents, but we can always rely on there's a eternal life and uh, a joy of the gift of Jesus that it should be the focus for all of us. Uh, this last year, um, uh, I know it's been hard for some. You know, we, we've, we've lost some folks, some friends and family in our church. Um, and, and there's a mourning, but there's also a celebration of life and a, a memory of that. Uh, you know, seats are empty this year that uh, people were here last Christmas. Uh, but also there's, uh, there's more boys born this last year, right, in the church. And, and we, have, we have a soon-to-be a daughter born, you know. So she's growing. Uh, she's here. She's just inside a belly. Um, <laughs> So there's lots of things to celebrate, um, and I just want to remind us that, you know, you guys have chosen to weather the storm of rain, you know, to make it to church on Christmas Eve, and, and I do think it's a sweet time. We get to spend a kind of Christmas together, if you will, and get to remember uh, Christ together this morning, uh, and we'll get to that. But my hope is, is that we're reminded that it's Jesus who's brought all of us, you know, that have accepted him as Lord and Savior, new life, and what a thing to celebrate, right? What a thing to celebrate is as Jesus came as a, as a baby, this idea of new life, that he 
he restores life in us and there's a resurrection and a satisfaction in all that. So we're here to worship Jesus. And as we sing Christmas carols this morning, and if you choose to come back tonight at seven for our candlelight service, uh, we're gonna continue to point each other to him as, as Christmas is a sweet or a religious Christian season for us. And, and my hope is, is that we, um, we lean into that because it's good for us. So as these candles over here burn this morning, uh, may we be reminded that it's, that it's life, it's growth, it's light, and that's where we're going to go this morning. And um, he left heaven to be a rescuer, to be a hero, to come and save us, and uh, may we celebrate him this morning. Let me pray as we get started in our sermon. Jesus, we thank you for the work that you have done. We thank you that you chose to come in the flesh that you chose to come and save us the way you did. What a remarkable, very physical thing um, to live a life as a, as a human and to show us how to do life, a life that we don't do so well. You showed us how to do it rightly, following the will of God and even to uh, the sacrifice that you gave on the cross and the glorious resurrection to show us that you are alive and that you have done the work and that we could rely and put our faith in you. This morning as we study... Uh, who you are. May you give us insight. May our lives look different because of how much we love you and see you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to be looking at a couple passages today in the, in the Gospel of John. So if you have a Bible or want to use the Bible there in, fr- uh, in front of you, we'll be in chapter 1 and chapter 3 of John. So they're just a couple pages away from each other. But John chapter 1 and John 3, uh, that's the Gospel of John. Uh, if you uh, need a Bible or need a Christmas present uh, last minute, take a Bible. Uh, it's a gift from us to you, and uh, the, I think God will bless that. God will bless that for sure. Uh, God's Word is one of our greatest gifts. It's our guide, and may we, may we read it and look for His satisfaction as we read it. So John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And as Miss Deb reminded us, what a marvelous light it is. So we read in John's description, in verse 4, in him was life, in Jesus is life. And when I say those words together, it sounds kind of churchy, but it's going to be our first point for today. Point number one, in Jesus is life, coming from verse four. All things were made through him, and without him, not anything was made. We see this idea of this creation, this idea of life. In him is life. And we learn from the first few verses of the Gospel of John that Jesus was a major part of creation. We owe our existence, our ability to think, our ability to reason, our ability to interact with one another and to even know God. It's our physical body, our personality, our, our ability to have a spirit that can connect with the spiritual. And this is Jesus. This is his handiwork. There's nothing that was made that was not made by Jesus and he's chosen for each of us to, to knit us together and keep us alive until this point that we can celebrate another Christmas, Christmas 2023. 
He's chosen to give you life. And Jesus is alive. And, and not alive in the sense of how we were created and are alive. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So Jesus was knit together in Mary's womb. It wasn't the same as when we were. When you and I were created and conceived, we were kind of, our spirit was created, our, our, our existence was created, but not for Jesus, the Son of God. He's, he's always been, from the beginning, he was with God. So we got to remember that when Jesus came as a baby, we say it that way because Jesus existed before he was a baby. And it's this whole new way that God wanted to show us that he is not only the son of God, but the son of man. And Jesus loved to refer to himself as the son of man when he was here teaching. But in Jesus is life because we know that he is the life creator. Things that are made were made by him. So next we read in 1.4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. And we're going to spend some time talking about light this morning. Light is essential for life. And I'm not saying that you have to be able to see, of course. There are blind people. We have blind people in our membership. But without light, there's essentially no way to have sustained life. The sun warms our planet. The sun brings light to our planet. But did you know, guys know that the, the, the light of the sun is actually what feeds us? So what if I told you that for... For lunch today or for dinner tonight, uh, that you'll be eating a bunch of sun rays. Because that's actually what happens each time you eat a meal and you enjoy it. And as you, as you breathe in and out, it's this blessing that the sun gives to us, to our planet. Our solar system stars, it's 90 million miles away. And we get a billionth of that, of that starlight. But when it comes here, it is enough to create and sustain life on our planet. It's how Jesus made it. This light makes it so we can see all that's happening, of course, but we've learned that if, if, you, if you go to space and look down on our planet, where it's not blue, it's green, and what that green is, it's a bunch of like little solar panels of plants that are collecting this light that's coming from the sun, and what those little solar panel, these little leaves are doing is it's, it's creating energy inside a plant with uh, you know, carbon dioxide to make sugars, to make glucose. And what we've learned is this idea of photosynthesis, this glucose feeds the world. And of course, many of us in the room are, are carnivores as well, but we love those animals that eat those plants, right? So it's a, it's a mixture of, of eating things that eat plants that have created sugar through sun rays. So tonight, or when you pour your golden grams in the morning, just know it's just golden drops of sun. <laughs> and we say, delicious, right? That's what we say because the very light of the sun is life. So in the same way that that happens on our planet, from the sun, we have the son of God who brings life to us. John 1, 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So point number two today, Jesus' light gives light. Jesus' light gives life. 
John here in verse 5 gives us insight into this attribute of God of light. And we've already learned from our Advent readings and even this morning, this idea of, of light and, and even the flame connecting us to God. It's been a continuous uh, symbol throughout history as we read in the scriptures with God and light and fire. The light of the power of the sun brings life. But there's something about the visual side, of course, that John wants to teach us. We know this because he contrasts this with darkness. The Bible's pretty clear that the darkness that, uh, that he describes the world as is kind of godless. It's like where there is God, there is light, and where there is godlessness, there is darkness. And, you know, the, the world is dark. You know, we could be honest about that. And maybe more specifically, we could say mankind is dark. It doesn't take much existence on this planet to see that there's a darkness of, of mankind. But even more specifically, as each of us thinks of our own life, we think, there's darkness right here, right? We, there's a godlessness in humanity and it starts with us. And, and as that multiplies, this is what Jesus came for. Jesus came to shine in the darkness. John's very clear that Jesus is in contrast to what he has entered into. He left heaven and came to our world. This, this, this dive deeper into this idea as we continue to look at um, light in the darkness, um, Jesus being the light. I, I, I want to begin with, I don't know if you've been around those scriptures a lot, but you might think that, um, that Jesus kind of glowed like a glow stick. I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, there might've been times where he did that, that during like the transfiguration or maybe after the resurrection. But in general, um, when you see a manger scene, that's like, it's got a thousand light bulbs in it. You know, it's not coming from the face of Jesus. Like he's just, he's a, he's a baby. He's just a son of man, just a baby. But I do want to say this. The life that Jesus lived as he grew up and taught, he glowed wherever he went. When Jesus entered a town, things were different. If, if the town accepted Jesus and his teachings, the glow of Jesus, the light of Jesus all who were sick are healed. Like there's passages of that kind of miracle taking place in the scriptures. And in towns where Jesus was rejected and he left, that town stayed in the darkness. So what does this light of Jesus mean for us today? And I think to, do, to, to talk about this, like to, to say for, for us to understand the light of Jesus for us, because we understand Jesus was remarkable. He was the son of God, the son of man who came and was perfect, followed the will of God every day of his life. When he entered towns, things changed. I want to go to John 3 as Jesus talks to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He's meeting with Jesus at night. There's a fun little contrast in there. But John 3.13, Jesus is actually sharing about himself with Nicodemus. This is what Jesus shares. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. There's a nice little Christmas passage right there in John 3. Verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the, so must the Son of Man be lifted up 
that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So Jesus is teaching Nicodemus about himself, that he, he came from heaven, he descended down to the earth. It's the incarnation, it's what we celebrate at Christmas time. But then Jesus, poetically in a way, also wants to describe what else he's going to do. Not, not, a, not, a, not a descending, but an ascending, a lifting up. And this initial lifting up, when he says he must be lifted up, he's referring to the cross being lifted up. It's sharing that me coming has a purpose. There's a guide and there's salvation, eternal life involved if you believe in the work that I will do, Nicodemus. Belief, a word that we connect with action and we call faith. When you believe and have faith in Jesus and the work that he did, that he died on the cross for sinners, that there is eternal life. So Jesus shares this idea of what light is. Light is this coming down of Jesus to the darkness so that he will be lifted up as a sacrifice of love. So let's see how Jesus continues. You'll recognize the next passage, I'm sure. John 3, 16, he continues with Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So what's the motivation that we find in John 3.16? It's, it's this idea of love. So light and love are connected, and that's where I want to go this morning. A world that has rejected Jesus from generation to generation, even his own people, the Jews, many have walked away. The leadership of the Jews were actually the, the villains of the Gospels those that had turned this idea of love and religion and God coming and saving, turned that into their own power. That's the kind of darkness that Jesus came into. A darkness so dark that it's actually the very people that he came to save were those that put nails in his hands and feet and thorns on his head to the work of the Romans and the Jewish leaders. This is love. This is a caring. This is a caring in a way that we don't understand because it's a love that goes beyond a, a kindness of another. It goes beyond that. It has nothing to do with kindness because Jesus literally looks at the faces of people who are killing them and says, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He wants his very murderers to be forgiven for their for their crimes during the crime. This is the kind of love that Jesus wants to come and show. This is, when he says the light has come in the world, he's saying, this is a love that's come in the world that you haven't seen because you've lived in the darkness. God's love is a gift to selfish rebels that while the world was in sin, God still loved and still sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place for our own sins. So next, Jesus connects this idea of love, eternal life, salvation. He connects it with light. John three nineteen, And this is the judgment 
The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out by God. So light reveals the truth. If you're in the darkness and you know you're in the darkness, you want to run away from the light and stay in the darkness. This is why so many crimes happen at night. So you're not caught. But people love the darkness. But verse 21, but whoever does what is true comes into the light. This is our third and last point for this morning. Point number three, Jesus' light is love. And I think that's what Jesus is saying here is, his light has come into the darkness. This is love. It's a, it's a truth It's an action. It's a way to live correctly with God being the measuring stick. Love is doing the truth. Jesus' light reveals this truth to us so we can understand it, that Jesus loves us, that God sent Jesus to die for us, and out of an overflow of joy, we can then continue on that love with those around us. And love is doing the truth. And you might this morning think, how do I start living a life like that that's, that's light and love? Well, it, it begins by accepting the light. That means when Jesus shows up and shines on your heart and starts revealing to you things that aren't the ways of God, which it doesn't take more than a couple seconds for most of us to stop and say, God, search my heart, that we don't come up with something that we know is not following the way and the will of God. So we begin by stopping and saying, God, I'm not going to run from your light. I'm going to accept your light. And when we get to see ourselves the way God sees us, we have two choices to make. We can run back into the darkness, as Jesus said, as an option, or you can remain in the light, accept what's happening, and say, God, This is true. This is true about me. And I'm sorry. And maybe you have people in your life that you've had to do that with. And it's hard. But if you're with a caring person, hopefully a believer in these scenarios, a believer that responded in the correct way, that you would maybe feel a little bit of forgiveness. It's compassion. Not to say there doesn't even be a conversation But when you admit to your own darkness, something changes inside us because it's the first step of change. And this is what Jesus requires, that we begin with truth in our life and connected to the light of Jesus. And it's a confident connection with Jesus knowing that he will forgive because he said he would. And when you can stand in the truth and the light of Jesus and accept his love, you could then begin having the most satisfied life you could imagine. It's what we were made for. And when you're a follower of Jesus, you can spend each day knowing that you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you that live, but it's Christ who lives in you. And you can live your life day by day, resting in the work of Jesus that he has said, you are mine.
We are satisfied children, formed in love, cared for in love, forgiven in love, saying yes to the cross in love for the world and the love for the will of God. If you're here this morning, you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, my hope is that you would begin those conversations. And you can be in that today. We're gonna have some, a time of communion. I'll be sitting in the front row and you can come talk to me for a second if you'd like. There's a little card under the chairs. You can write your name and phone number. I'll call you. I'll have somebody call you. and We talk about what it means to follow Jesus. But you literally today, you could say, Jesus, I want to stay in the light and accept you as my Savior and Lord and follow him. And we've been talking about coming off the throne and Jesus coming on the throne of your life. That just means he's your Lord and you want to follow him the same way the disciples said yes to Jesus and followed him when he was here. You now will follow him each day of your life. And this Christmas, what a gift. If you're here at church and you're not following Jesus yet, I know there's people praying for you. What a gift that would be for you and those around you as you come into faith in Christ. But I thought it would be good to close today as we close out the year. We don't have, we don't have a service next week. It's just a few things to think about when it comes to the light of Jesus being love. Our mission statement here is loving God and our neighbors together. So love is the, the, the first word and the central word for our activity is neighborhood church. So I just want to begin a few ideas for love for God. My hope for you is, is that you would start each day being reminded of this truth that I just shared the last 20 minutes or so, that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He loves you and he cares for you. And you would start your day off with maybe saying the Lord's Prayer. You would start your day off just saying, Jesus, I'm awake. Thank you for another day. Thank you for the mercies today. Give me direction today. Not my will, but yours. So the first way to grow in our love for God is just start your day with God. Secondly, spend some time each week, maybe not just at church, for sure, coming to church is great, but spend some time each week with, with a brother or sister in Christ. Don't be alone all week spiritually. Spend some time with others who love God. And thirdly, to grow in your love for God, I just want to encourage all of us in the room that we stay in the light of Jesus. And when the light of Jesus shines in those spots, those places in our hearts that are dark, that are that we haven't given over to Jesus yet, that we don't just shrug it off, that we actually stay in it and we say, God, why is that still there? Why is that darkness still in me? Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a sin, a repetitive sin in your life. Maybe it's something that you haven't dealt with and you need to. A way to grow in your relationship and love for God is say, God, help me with this and it becomes part of your rhythm each day. Fighting sin is being on God's team. <laughs> Welcome to the family. And when you're in that sin, you're fighting it, 
rest in the same confidence of Christ on the cross for you, that that sin is forgiven and he wants you to be free. He wants you to be free. So secondly, if we talked about love for God, a few things. Secondly, let's talk about love for others. Maybe this Christmas and this beginning off this new year is that um, maybe you'll begin to pray or say a sentence to God before you enter into different spaces or environments in your life. Maybe before you go into work. Maybe before you go have a conversation with the, one of your children. Or maybe you make a hard phone call. Maybe just coming home from work, coming back into your house. You say, God, help me be a light right now. Wouldn't that kind of change things, right? If we kind of reset ourselves, maybe every time we, we close the door of our car, we're normally going somewhere, and we close the door of our car, it kind of, that, that pal says, I want to be a light. And as you start walking away from your car into whatever's next, you recognize that you can be the light. You can be the love in some environment. And you might be the only Christian in that environment. And there's many places right now in our world where you probably are. But in the same way that Jesus entered towns and things changed, it's the same power in his resurrection that he's given to each one of us to love and to give and to sacrifice and be a light. I try to say it to my kids every day. Go be the light. Secondly, a way that we can grow in our love for others is that you see other people as God's children. You don't see them as a level of kindness or a level of amount of good they can give to you, but you see them as people made in the image of God. I think we will treat people differently that way. Think of how that can multiply in conversations that your love for them is not based on how nice they are, but based on how much God loves them. And lastly, this is a personal challenge. The last way to love others this season is maybe there's somebody hard for you to kind of be the light for. And maybe this Christmas, God's saying, practice, live out the way that I sent Jesus into the darkness. Maybe those are dark conversations for you. They're hard. I'm not saying they're evil. I'm just saying it's just hard. And maybe you say, maybe during our communion time, God, help me be the light in this situation. And maybe you say their name. You lift their name up to God. This is what God has done for us. Let's continue to do that for others. I want to close with this. I believe that when we live a life this way, a life of love, a life of light, I believe that we will have the fullest, most satisfied life possible. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for reminding us that you came and we don't take it for granted that you came, you left heaven, you descended down so that you can be lifted up on the cross in our place. May we not waste any day. May we not bring darkness anywhere. May we only bring light wherever we go, the light of love. May the world be different because Jesus, you're working through us today. 
It's in your name. Amen. Each week we take communion together.